What's up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, aka Toe Tag and Tambo. Back for another edition, the week 11 edition. The season's moving right along of the prize picks and DraftKings show here on the Mayo Media Network. Remember, as always, hit the subscribe button, the big red button right in the bottom corner. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Hit the like button for, for us. We appreciate it a lot. I got a special guest to fill in our guy, our main man, Bobby Gomes, this week. Filling in for JT Hayes, who is at the game tonight for his Atlanta Falcons. We'll see what they can do for him. Bobby Gomes, what's happening on this fine week 11? How you doing, my man? Excited. I love week 11s. My favorite week in NFL. The good good mojo going. JT Hayes at the game in Atlanta, huh? Nice, nice. Good good day off. Get to go to the game on a Thursday night. I, I'll, I'd be all for it. I need. I want to get. I gotta get out to a football game in Foxborough this year. Yeah, that'd be nice. He has all the good vacations though. He's always away at these little spots. We talk about him, the man, the international man of mystery, JT Hayes. He's always kicking somewhere special, some hotel gig, resorts, all these factors. But uh, we'll miss him. If you guys want to check myself and JT Hayes out on Sunday, he should be back for the Off the Chalk Show over at Run Pure Sports. You can check that out. It's free every week at 8.45 a.m. Eastern Sunday morning. That's where we got all our final up-to-lock plays that we're rolling with over there at Rumpier Sports. But, Bobby, we got a lot to talk about here, man. We're going to get into it. But before we do, you know, anyone who hasn't been with us, remind them of the structure. We've got prize picks up first. We're each going to give two of our favorite prize picks for the week for NFL. Then we're going to go into the DraftKings picks thereafter, go position by position, all the way down from quarterback, all the way down to defense, which not a lot of people talk about. So we even throw some DST plays in there for you, but we are going to start with prize picks. And before I go to you, Bobby, uh, last week you weren't on with me, but JT Hayes and I went back and forth. The running joke now is I'm always one and one on these picks. No own twos, but no two and O's. You can't get there. And then last week, things are starting off strong. Got the, you know, Kirk, Kirk Cousins pick over. I think it beat it by 30 or 40 yards. Just crushed that one. And then Dallas Goddard, the most ridiculous number, and that's why I got to bring this up because I put a guarantee on it on the show, and I normally don't do that. I never really do that, but it was over 43 and a half, and I said, this is just a bad, bad number. It's so wrong. I, I'm making excuses now, which I hate, but by the time Locke hit, it was at 51 and a half at my book. So I was feeling really good about it. He goes out the first drive, does nothing. Still in the first quarter, the second drive, just a few plays later, all of a sudden he's two for 28 on that drive and then he gets a concussion and he's out for the game well on the way his way to over 100 yards so when when world's smallest violin i know but we'll get into some new picks this week i'm destined to go two and oh at some point but another one and one for me i know you're primed and ready to go you've got some good picks actually you sent them in first and you snagged one of mine so i'll let you talk about yours first year but go into your prize picks plays of the week the two that you've got for everyone out there yeah, so I have the over on a 61 and a half for A.J. Dillon's rush yards. You're taking Aaron Jones out of the picture in that situation in Green Bay. A.J. Dillon, man, just a good play, drafting him in best ball. He seems like he's fitting the role in, like, that offense, what they want to do. I like A.J. Dillon a ton. I'm going to go there with my first prize pick. And my second prize pick, not the greatest matchup, but Michael Pittman Jr., over 61 and a half receiving yards. He torched this Bills team in the playoffs last year. I don't, I don't mind going back there. I think he's a good play. Um, I think he's a good play for DFS just because of where some chalk lies, but definitely like his prize pick number for the receiving yards at 61 and a half. Yeah, and I like that you brought that up because we can always bring it down to the DraftKings segment when we get there later. There's nothing wrong with that. Even if you got bonus picks 
on top of it and just utilize him to start with, that's always fine. The one you snagged for me, and not, again, not going to say free money, but I feel like the Dylan one was just too easy. I feel like it's the wrong number, and it's one that I feel like we'll see much higher as we get closer to game time. Said it last week, we'll say it again, just some of these positions and situational stuff where people are in these spots, a guy like A.J. Dillon here, it's just someone I'm going to play. I'm going to roll it out, and whatever happens, happens. I know you can try and get sneaky with it and go different ways, but there's other ways to go off the chalk. And in prop betting, like here on prize picks, you don't have to worry about that. We can all win together. So definitely one of those picks I'd like to see you throw in there. I think it makes a lot of sense. It was one I was going to be on, like I mentioned. Uh, Reminding you guys quickly of the contest, right? If you want to get into it, get on over to prize picks. Use promo code MMNNFL. You get a bonus for signing up. You can get into the contest. It's five picks. You bet $7.11, and then you go into the contest. Uh, you Lots of prizes available. We went through it the first 10, 11 weeks here, but just want to make sure you guys know about that. If you're not, though, just get in with the promo code MMNFL and just start betting these to make money, making plenty of money every week on this site. Definitely want to get yourself signed up there. I'll go into mine now, Bobby. I've got a couple beyond the A.J. Dillon one that you snagged that I liked. Uh, first one's going to be a little bit dusty, but I really like this. Again, I feel like it's a low number, and it's Miles Gaskin. The number is over 35 and a half rush yards. I don't think it's, you know, a safe play by any means, but the reason I like it so much is because I think, again, back to opportunity, teams have just run all over these Jets. He should get plenty of opportunity to run with the ball. Uh, it's 35 and a half yards. It can happen on one play. Uh, for him, sometimes it might take two, two, three, four plays with the yards per carry that he happens to have at some time. But for the number, I just think it's too low. Again, keep an eye on it closer to game time. I think it'll keep rising. For me, I like that one. And then the second one here was a bit of a dilemma. I was going to go with my classic quarterback yardage prop for the, for the passing yards and go with Burrow. But then I just said, look, if Burrow's going to go over, I think all his receivers are going to have a chance to go over. And then I look and Tyler Boyd is over 32 and a half. That's just too low. I know there's chase. I know there's Higgins. I know people like playing both of those guys, myself included, but instead of going that way, I was just thinking, look, those numbers are good too. Higgins is 55 and a half. Chase is 69 and a half and can easily break a hundred. We know that when we're going to talk about DraftKings later on, but I just think for Boyd, I just said, screw it. I'm going to go with the lowest number and Boyd is at 32 and a half. Again, I, I don't know how it's going to get distributed, but I know they like to pass a lot. I know Burrow's a good play this week. I think that's going to be a good spot to go there. So any thoughts on those prize picks or anything else you want to add there? Yeah, like both plays, um, the Higgins one, I think that's that's definitely too low for just what that offense wants to do. Um, in terms of Gaskin and, and DFS, like, I feel like he's going to be very chalky. The 35 rush yards versus the Jets, bad run D. I think, it's, I think you could definitely take that shot. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that point up because that is key. Just like I said with yours, how we can apply it down. It doesn't always mean it's applicable. Like for, for this, I just think the prop number yeah. is so bad. Like I said, I'm calling the guy dusty. I'm saying it's terrible. It feels like he gets 1.5 yards per carry on his 12 carries. That still doesn't even get us there really. So the point is more about how you're looking at it and you think from perspective of, okay, in DFS, he may be extremely popular and there's other pivot options that we can go to on prize picks with the prop betting, we don't need to consider that. Like I said, we can all play it together. We can all win as soon as he hits 36, as long as he doesn't go backwards. We've seen it a couple of weeks, these past couple of weeks, I think it was DeAndre Swift hit the bonus, goes back three yards on the next play and then gets injured. So good, good segue into DraftKings, but I am excited to talk about DraftKings this week, Bobby. We had pretty incredible week last week overall was solid for me in tournaments. On this show, I was just going off the list from last week, Josh Allen and Dak. Were my two quarterbacks. Both those guys really came out and crushed. 
Jonathan Taylor, Dearness Johnson was obvious, but it worked. Went out with him. And then even Jacoby Myers made his way to the box. I liked him last week here. I talked about that secondary stack with Dearness Johnson and Jacoby Myers. He was 7 8% owned in DraftKings big large field tournaments. And he didn't do much after that. You know, combined with the touchdown, I think it was just under 15 DK points. But at 4.8K and low ownership, it was still a pretty solid play. So hopefully we can run it back this week. And I'll give you the honors here, Bobby. We can start at the quarterback. Give me your top couple of plays here at the quarterback position over on DraftKings this week. Yeah, top couple of plays in terms of like QB on DK. I feel like ever like I'm seeing like Cam Newton when I'm running optimals. That that cannot be right. But <laughs> for whatever reason, like Derek Carr, I think is a great play um, versus Cincinnati. Patrick Mahomes. I've I got I've gotten a lot of heat for my Mahomes takes. I personally I I just think Mahomes is like a top five QB this season. Like obviously he's been phenomenal in the past. But at this season, like he's a top five guy. I really like him this week at seven six on DK, and Josh Allen at eight one. I I always love to play pay up a QB. Love Josh Allen versus the Colts at home. I'll take Josh Allen. Yeah, and I like all those guys. Interesting enough, you mentioned Carr, you mentioned Mahomes. I kind of like uh, I, I like them. I like because I like those game environments. But I actually kind of like the other sides. A little bit more and I again like Dallas KC is most definitely going to be popular this week I think the Newton point you made is interesting because I believe he's 5100 on DraftKings this week so of course there's going to be some conversation around that and if you want to go there again he's definitely really polarizing he could he, he could put up 10 he could put up 25 or 30 you just never know what Cam Newton's going to show up or how many Superman rips we're going to get in the end zone there when we get down and that'll come into play I think when we talk about running back even if neither of us bring it up. I think CMC is definitely interesting this week, still under 9K. But back to quarterback, I was saying, I, I definitely like the Dak side. Uh, I've been stacking him already, talking about Dak stack attack, talking about back to the stack with Dak last week, trying to make these things work. Full complement of receivers there. Gallup, giddy up Gallup, I call him, get him back in the mix. He did not perform as I expected he would last week, but I think this is a better spot. I think going against Sorensen, I think there's an opportunity there for him. I think he can make some sense to get going here. So, um, you know, Dak, Lamb, Gallup, even Schultz, Zeke as fringe plays, you can stack them up any way and get different within that game environment that people are going to go to. And then, of course, I like running it back with Tyreek Hill, who I'll talk about later. Uh, it's not saving much at the quarterback position, but it might just be a little bit different. And then I like your jo Josh Allen call at the top there. It'd be a different. I know you're playing both of them, but if you go off of Mahomes there, where most will be on that game, you could go with some Josh Allen lineups to be different that way. And another guy that stood out to me a little bit, he disappointed many last week in his first week back, but that was Aaron Rodgers coming back and going up against Minnesota. I just think this is another spot that the thing I like about this game most is very easy to stack up. You know who to go with Rodgers. Obviously Adams is there, makes the most sense, but the other backup options to him are not that crazy. There's only two or three more that you're really going to pick through. And then on Minnesota, we know Thielen, Cook, Jefferson, Conklin, that's it. I mean, really, you can go to other guys and try and make KJ Osborne work or pick other choices. But to me, I'm not going to do that in my Rogers lives. I'm going to try and stick to the plan, roll that out and see what I can make happen. So I like him as well. And then I mentioned Burrow earlier on the other side of that game. It's just all those options with him. It's so easy against the Raiders. And they have sort of that little bit lesser total than the Dallas Kansas City game. I think it's 50 and a half right now, if I recall correctly. And that's a good number that you can see easily spike even beyond that against two teams that if they were on an Island showdown game, I would feel like, man, this is one of those quote unquote bad games that could really pop off from a fantasy perspective. What are your thoughts on that? And then just anything else at the quarterback position in general? 
Yeah, I like Burrow. I think he's a good play. I like him with Chase. Like Chase, going to Chase, those uh, Cincy receivers are bopping. I like Chase. Higgins seems like the main one that's coming up a ton. Uh, question on, do, do you have any interest in like going to Wentz or Heineke down low? Not much. When we talk not about much. defense, I might have a, a defense against Heineke. And I'm not the Wentz guy. Over at Run Pure Sports, we're always with Big T and he's pumping up Wentz for MVP and all these silly things before the season started. It's not for me personally. I just never care. I, I do think though, like you said, with the, the Pittman piece and just going the opposite side of that game and maybe mixing and matching, I guess I wouldn't hate it if I was picking one of those two, but it just, there's already enough options for me to sift through that. I don't think I'll be able to get there this week. Yeah, no, I, I found it once interesting. I feel like people were trying to make Wentz work last week. Mm -hmm. um, and just with how he performed going that in that way and chasing that kind of flop lag, I wouldn't mind. I've been tinkering with some Carson Wentz lines. There's always potential, always potential options there. And like you said, you already like Pittman. You and I were talking a little bit pre-show just from some strategy perspective, hopefully add some extra value for, for you guys watching out there. Just in general, like last week, we liked Dearness Johnson. We liked guys like Jacoby Myers, or if John who was going to be out, Hunter Henry, all those things sort of put together. I talked on this very show about the secondary stack of Johnson with Myers. And I bring all this up to say, to your point that you just made, is if you had a thought about, I already like that. And then the John U. Smith news comes out late Sunday, you can plug in Hunter Henry. Well, why not play Mac Jones? Because it goes with everything you already like and it makes the stack work. And yes, you're taking on risk, but in something like the $20 Millimaker, large field tournaments, the $9 slant, all these options over on DraftKings that they have, it makes it, you know, you got to take that next level thinking to go to that next step of if you already like this, news comes up to make you like that, why not just get involved with the full stack? So that's where, like you said, not only could Wentz bounce back and have flop lag like you talked about, but there's already other options that you like within that very game. You like the quarterback on the other side, so why not save a little bit of money, drop down to Wentz, and build the stacks out that way instead? Yeah, and you hit on another thing too. Like, it was just the construction in general had people were gravitating to paying up a QB. So when he talked about the earnest, he correlated with Jacoby. He also correlated with Henry. Henry was in that same price range as like Dan Arnold. Um, he was like, a, obviously like five or 600 more, but he's in that low cheap price. He's kind of in no man's land in terms of like the tight end position. They were kind of starved for value on the tight end position, but for yeah. one, like you're just paying like 500 more from Arnold or Conklin. It was like 600 more. So Getting to Mac, if you think that through, especially after the John U news, I think was like really sharp uh, GTO. It's easy to say when we have all the pieces now, but we were both kind of tinkering around with those constructions. Yeah, more so ways to look at it. Like you just said, you nailed it there with that. Like you, It's easy to see it after, but we're not just saying that. We saw other pieces that made sense first. Think about yeah. what the next level is, not just that your already level there is pretty good. What can the next level be if you, you know, stack the stack, so to speak, in the sense that that was a secondary stack that I liked? Stack it up further and go to the next level and have yourself a chance to take everything down. Because with that stack, you could have fit Jonathan Taylor with Dearness. You, you could it. add another expensive back. Or even if you went with Ingram, you could have paid up at the other two wide receiver positions and got busy there with some action. So lots of ways to go about it. But let's move on. Let's go to this running back position and I'll start with you. I'll let you go ahead first. Just give me your first couple of two, two, three plays you've got there over at DraftKings this week. Yeah, AJ Dillon, like he's the guy. And I, I don't want to, I feel like I'm still in the two chalkiest. Like McCaffrey is another, McCaffrey under 9K, like you just play him. 
Like, I don't, I don't see another – we've seen what he did last week. McCaffrey could have, like, 36 last week. He just missed the touchdown. Newton's took a – obviously stole a goal line carry uh, in the beginning of the game. And then A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones is out. Like, going to a, going to A.J. Dillon, he just – it's just the right play. in that offense versus the Vikings, uh, he's in a very good spot. He's an up-and-coming player. Like, I, I have no issue with those. Those are, like, my two favorite backs. Yeah, I want to ask you, I'm glad you brought it up because now that you did with CMC, I just want to chat about that for two seconds, just with the the coaching staff on the opposite side and everything that's going on there, right? Ron Rivera, I know it's, you know, Cam Newton even came out today and said, look, it's not about just the two of us, but obviously knows that team quite well. Is there any thoughts there? And, and I forget, who's the other, uh, is it Joe Brady or who's the other guy that went over there? The, the reason they were talking about Antonio Gibson being the next CMC before the season started, I forget who the coach was, but there's another, there's, there's more coaches over there that know the squad than not. And I think CMC, and like you mentioned before, even Cam Newton are going to be popular this week and maybe even stack together. What are your thoughts on that, if any, as far as the coaching staff knowing the other side is concerned? Yeah, in terms of like Matt Rule, I, I, you have Newton and then you have P.J. Walker. I don't understand how that's kind of going to filter out. Like, is, is Newton going to play? How much is Newton going to play? Like, he's been in the offense. He obviously knows it, but it's different. It was you're switching from Rivera to Matt Rule at this point. I don't know. Like, I, I personally just like CMC. I'd have a tough time rostering Newton after I've kind of seen him in New England throwing the football last season. He just doesn't – he hasn't done it for me in, like, two or three years in fantasy football but or DFS, but it's not that, right? We're talking – it's a salary, and he's 5K. He's going to be at the goal line. He has a chance to pretty much 4X that salary if he gets a full game script, which I don't think he will. So that's why I'm kind of not really interested in Newton but more on uh, the McCaffrey side. Yeah, and he's a fair price too. Right? We're used to seeing him at you know 9.5, 10K, those sort of numbers when he gets rolling. And he had a great week last week, so could see no reason not to go at it again. And like you said, at that price, it just makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people will go there, especially in cash games, should be a staple this week. Uh, I'm with you on AJD. We talked about him already. You know, we we'll mentioned his names a, bu- a bunch of times here because I think he's just a great play this week. Again, not trying to get too cute, thinking about what he's going to get as far as opportunities, good offense, good quarterback the ability that he's going to have as far as opportunities is too strong. Uh, my one B though, I was going to actually say another guy and it's kind of AJ Dillon related because AJ Dillon just went off on the ground last week here against the Seahawks. And now Connor, James Connor, who looked pretty good last week gets to go back up against them here. Uh, and if you look at him, so Chase Edmonds still has the ankle injury. So he's out. You've got, uh, you know, last week, Connor and them had a bad game. He was three for 25 receiving uh, 39 and a touchdown on the ground and that's in a bad game script down not really into the match at all matchup and now he gets to go back here against the team AJ Dillon just went off on so I think James Connor's a fair price I think you could use him and then CMC we've already talked about makes sense but I'm going CMC light here we have to see what the injury status is and I, I know what's you know Jamal Williams was back at practice today but I'm talking about and that was in limited fashion I should add but I'm talking about DeAndre Swift Uh, 33 rush attempts, six targets last week versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Even if he doesn't get that this week, I think it's going to be a huge opportunity still. You look at it in the full PPR point format. He had almost 20 DraftKings points last week with no touchdown. And then you just see how quickly stuff can add up, right? Uh, I do want to keep an eye on Jamal Williams. Like I said, he's limited in practice today, as was uh, DeAndre Swift for that matter. But at his price tag, still extremely fair. He's just getting all kinds of targets and plenty of opportunity. They kind of rely on him. And the other thing I always say about him, game script independent. 
whatever the game is, up or down. If they're up, it could be because of them. If they're down, it might be even better for them. Unless that one week, that situation against Philly where they were down like 41 to three, of course, it's not going to be that popular. You're not going to see much out of that. But um, for me, I'm going back to him. But let's move on. Let's talk about wide receiver. Unless you got anything else to add at running back, you can move on and take us into the wide receiver position for this week. I did actually want to ask your thoughts on Gaskin if he does end up chalky. But obviously, your prize picks and DK are two totally different things. But what are what would you do in in that situation? Yeah, really, really tough to go back to him and trust him, man. Like I said, I really love the thir- the thirty three and a half. To me, is just silly as far as the numbers concerned. It's gonna to me against the Jets. It'd be tough not to beat that. But people say, "Oh, then why wouldn't you want him? He's still pretty cheap on DraftKings. It's not really that." He's not that cheap. There's still other options. We just named a bunch of them that you can get around and play instead. There's better chalk if he does get popular that I would prefer to eat in a guy like A.J. Dillon and just find the money. And then there's all these other options we could play. And I think this week, unlike last week, last week was tough to find value at wide receiver. This week, I think there is still at least some in that same price range, not necessarily talking the 3K bottom of the barrel price tags, but just guys in the price range of Gaskin that I'd be happier to play at wide receiver than a guy that look, he can get 50 yards on the ground and nothing else and smash the prize pick prop. That ain't going to do nothing for you on DraftKings to take it out of tournament. So maybe if you got more to add that your thoughts are on that, but that's kind of how I feel about it. I thought he was showing his chalk here when I looked this morning. He's, I would, I think he's horrible chalk if that was the case. He's not looking as chalky right now. Okay. No worries. Yeah, perfect. Good, good conversation, I think. And I love chatting through this stuff with you. So uh, keep it rolling here. Let's go into the wide receiver position. Yeah, wideouts, like you hit on it. Rodgers had a bad week. Adams had a bad week. Going right back to Devontae Adams, no questions asked. Really like that game. Uh, Adams always chalky. Don't mind. Don't mind. Might be a little less this week, um, but he's usually the payup. Looks like he's going to be the payup again. Um, Yeah, he just does so much within that Green Bay Packers offense. When they're rolling, it's usually because Rodgers and Adams are getting the job done. Adams is my first my first guy that I'm looking at. I know you hit on the Tyler Boyd. I'm going to go T. Higgins up top from the Cincinnati Bengals side. I just think it's a really good spot for T. Higgins at that price. Uh, and I, I, versus the Raiders, like this is a game that people are just going to overlook. Like there's a lot of good pieces in this game. These four o'clock games due to late swap when people they just overlook plays in these four o'clock games. I, I have no mind, no issue going to Higgins, going to Chase. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on the wide receiver position. Yeah, the Bengals, I'm 100%. I'm, I'm with you on everything, but the Bengals even more so. That was my first list piece here. It was just Bengals wide receiver core. Like I mentioned earlier, the game environment looks nice. It's not one of those spots where you're like, oh, this could be really bad because of this. There's not too much you could see to, to talk negative about this spot. The total's there. Vegas kind of agrees in that sense, at least early on. Uh, it should be a little bit overlooked based on the other games we have on the slate especially Dallas and Kansas city. So even if you're only getting this into your, you know, lineups as a secondary stack, fine. But I like to, like I said, talking about stack the stack, I, I'd rather keep stacking it up. And you mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned Higgins like that chase. I talked about chase a couple weeks ago and I still think this to be true. It's just pretty simple. Uh, probably there's other guys in the mix for sure, but probably that, you know, their closest shot since last year with Burrow to the unfortunate injury where they have a chance to get the offensive rookie of the year if they want to keep rolling chase out. So why not keep trying them? It's not like I said, like I said before, it's not a bad thing. It helps you win the game. Still. 
it's a good connection that's already there from LSU. It's, you know, everything's built around and he's already got the great season to stack on top of. So why wouldn't you keep getting after it? It makes sense to continue to take shots. So Chase and then one of Boyd or Higgins. After that, really, it's only Mixon, who I think is fine to stack with Burrow, but more of a fringe if you want to go with pass catchers. And then obviously Uzoma, but I just hate going to that. He had one career game, and now people think that it's a thing. I don't know if it is or isn't, but I won't be going there too often. So for me, it's Mixon and the three wide receivers, and pretty much like the wide receivers more this week. But I, I wouldn't hate you or fault you for going to Mixon. Other guy, talked about him earlier, Tyree Kill. More in a runback situation with Dak or obviously stacked with my Mahomes lineups to make it all work. But uh, biggest thing on him, like I said, no surprises here, nothing revolutionary. Uh, just your friendly reminder that this guy can break the slate in an instant, like literally 40 and 50 point games that he's had already this season that people might forget about. Uh, tied with, so here's some stats I've got. Tied with Debo, and both are just behind Cooper Cup for most games as a top 12 PPR fantasy wide receiver. Eight games with five plus receptions. Second in targets of 20 plus yards. And then the biggest one for me, this stat is crazy. I forget, I apologize whoever posted it on Twitter and I just love it. So I'm taking it and I'll use it. But um, over the last three weeks, only three players have 300 plus air yards and they just break 300. Tyreek is in first with over 500 air yards and not the air yards king here. I don't care, but it is Mahomes throwing him the ball. I know he's having a rough season so far, but you got to think he can still bounce back. And you think about the opportunity again, Mahomes has to get it to him. But if he does, you're talking about the first quarter, the slate could be pretty much broken with an 80 yard touchdown and beyond who knows how many times he can get him this ball, this game. So uh, I really like Tyreek. And like I said, doesn't always have to be with Mahomes. You can use Dak the other way and run it back from there. Any thoughts on Tyreek and any other guys that you want to talk about at the wide receiver position? Yeah, Tyreek's a super strong play. Like, we're really, he just has the ability to break the slate. The interesting thing with that Bengals game and this four o'clock slate is Josh Jacobs, as of right now, is questionable. So, if you're looking for a run back, people, they don't like to wait on news. So, if you build for this four o'clock slate, Kenyon Drake could become available at the running back position. And then there's your run back with Burrow. I think that's something that to keep in mind as we kind of move forward and follow news for the week. Hopefully we get it late. Yeah. And if I can add to that, I think we're just, you know, kind of stumbling into the same things we've been talking about all show here, Bobby kind of ties it together nicely is that. So, you, you know, you mentioned Higgins, I mentioned Boyd Higgins chase. I'm I've talked about the full stack because I have interest in it. You mentioned Derek Carr. I'm about to go to tight end, so it's a good segue, and mention Darren Waller. But like you said, if Drake comes into play, you're talking about the potential for a full game stack here, where, again, are people talking about it at some point this week during all the content across the industry? Of course. But is it going to be as popular as some of the other stuff? Maybe not. And that's where you could try and capitalize. And then on top of it, even if the game does pick up a little bit of steam as far as ownership's concerned, how many people are going to stack it with Burrow, Chase, Higgins, run it back with Drake and Waller or Drake and Renfro or something like that, where again, you just get completely off the board, put yourself in a position to get lucky where if that game goes off and you've got the right pieces, now you only need to hit on a few other things. Don't forget the popular running backs that just make sense that we've already talked about. And those factors where that's how people just wonder, well, how did that lineup get there? Well, that's all they did is they did it that way. They needed less items to happen on the slate. Think about it like a parlay. They needed less items to happen. It's like a three or four game parlay versus a 10 game or a nine game or with the nine slots where you have one offs, the whole DraftKings lineup or the whole build. So I really like doing that and building my lineup. So that way with just even extra 
correlation. Anything that you want to add extra there, or do you want to move to the tight end position and take over? Uh, yeah, let's kick to the tight end position. Uh, for me, first guy on the tight end at the tight end positions, Cole Komet, 3-4. Justin Fields balled out his last game. Like, industry's been down on him, hasn't played well, went and played well in Pittsburgh. Now they're headed to Baltimore, a little tougher test, but Baltimore's defense, pass defense hasn't been great. Uh, Cole Komet had the targets last week. Uh, really like him down at 3-4. Uh, and if I had to go to another guy, it'd be Mike Gusecki. It's looking like he's going to be lower owned. The Dolphins have been throwing the ball a ton. Gusecki's pretty much a wide receiver in this offense. He's at 5-2. If he's going overlooked, I don't mind Mike Gusecki having my player pool. Um, that's pretty much it for me at the tight end position so far. Where are you at, Tamba? Well, I like what you just brought up there, though, because you talked about it. And let's say Gaskin doesn't get super popular, but he still is going to carry some ownership in this matchup versus the Jets. Gusecki would be an awesome leverage play. From that perspective, right? It's the Jets. They're going to get Gusecki scored on. and Waddle. Right. And so then do you go Tua or what, what do you do next? And now you gotta... to, I think you could. I think you could go Tua. Like they're throwing the ball at a high clip. So. Yeah. And you don't need to run it back with the Jet. That's for sure. You can always just run that stack out and roll it if you don't want to. I mean, it's, it works if you run it back too. But uh, 100% agree with you there. I just like that little nugget you brought up at the end, just tying it together with your point about Gaskin at the top of the show. Uh, for me, paying up a little bit more, I think, look, there's a lot of options. I think, you know, even my guy Goddard, if he could somehow clear the concussion protocol, I can go back to him. He, Like I said, they like using him. He's on all the snaps. He, he gets all the dropbacks. He's out there with opportunity. Uh, still pretty cheap this week in sort of that mid-tier range of the position. But paying up a little bit, I think Darren Waller, use them in the borough stacks. I've already talked about that. Even if you go the car side, uh, people pivot to Drake late because of the news with Jacobs and you already got just Waller. I think that's fine as well. Probably not as popular because I think the value options are good this week. There's Dawson Knox played a majority of snaps in his first week back goes with Josh Allen Komet, who you brought up. I've heard uh, mentioned a few times already. And for good reason, the price is right. The matchup is strong. Conklin, crushed last week. I think people want to go there in the Green Bay game as even if it's just he ran, as a, he ran pretty hot though. Oh, like, he definitely did. Three and I targets, two thing. touchdowns. I just, oh, for sure. I just think, you know, from a perspective of go back to the well, people like to chase that stuff. He's still cheap. He got in the box twice. Was it twice or three times? I can't even remember. Even, maybe it was, I think it was twice. Twice, maybe. I think. Yeah. Twice. But but Dan Arnold keeps showing up. He's there. there there's other guys that you so can the, play in that value position. The other guy, though, for the other guys, I should say for me, I guess Dalton Schultz will be a guy in those Dak sacks to get unique within them. But I just think the other payup options, if, if people are paying down, Kittle and Andrews are both right there in the middle. Andrews is the opposite side of people playing Komet in that game. That can sometimes work out in your favor. Obviously, a target that Lamar Jackson likes to go to. And then Kittle uh, looked like himself again last week. And now you've got him back in another pretty good spot. I think you can see them go to him here as well. And again, people just aren't looking to pay up as often at tight end. So I don't hate just sort of flipping the construction without doing it in a way where you're going to try and find this 1% gem. Why not just find like a 5 or 7% owned tight end that can actually break the slate at a one-off position where they just have to catch a couple touchdowns and destroy the rest of the slate with cheap, with cheap tight ends that don't end up getting there. Uh, anything you can add on that, Bobby, by all means. Yeah, so Dan Arnold, third week in a row, he's going to be the chalk tight end. He's crushed the last two weeks. Like, I know the the price is right. Like, he, he's, he deserves to be up at this price tag at 4-1. If he's going to be chalk, I'm, I'm trying to look the other way. And there's a lot of – it seems like there's a lot of opportunity costs at this position. Well, now that you have Kelsey back on the slate and Kittle, 
Andrews, Andrews for that matter, like there's more than there was last week, right? So there's different things you can do with the tight end position. Last week, we were kind of starved for value. Yeah, with Dan Arnold too, right? Sometimes when you get something right, when you get something wrong two times in a row, people will say third time's the charm. Well, it also can flip the other way. You get something right two times in a row, third time's the harm, and it can really hurt you. So not looking to that go. Good, that was a good one, TMO. I must say that was a good one. You know, one. I'm always coming up with them on the fly, Bobby. Just love going with it. Got, but, a, little, uh, got a little giggle out of me. It was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just, it's tough, right? You keep going back to the well and it keeps working, then it's hard not to it some in some cases. But I just think, like I said, just flipping it up a little, you know, sometimes changing up the build is as easy as just doing that. And one key strategy for me in the long term has been at the tight end position because you only get to play one. You can play two because of the flex. I shouldn't say you only get two, but most people only play one. Tight end is not has not been good historically in these large field contests in the flex spot. It's very rare. I think it's like 2% of the time. And I know some of that goes with, well, because less of the field does that, but it's for good reason why less of the field does that. And I'll just say this, that's a spot where weeks where you can find Kittle, Kelsey, some of these bet Mark Andrews, guys like that, that are lower owned at that position. That's a good time to go to work with them. Let's talk about some defense though. Some defense special teams, DST, as we like to call it, Bobby, who do you got for us this week? I love defense. Uh, haven't given it much thought as of right now. It looks like the Browns are going to be the chalk Panthers are up there, but I think defense, like people overlook it, right? Cause there's so there's such a wide range of outcomes with defense. But I think what you have to do with defense is figure out how it fits in a construction, especially versus chalk and where you can find leverage. Um, if I had to look at a defense right now, like, I don't know, like 2-2 for the Chiefs versus Dallas, Dallas in these high scoring games, like that could work out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that that's where I'm going to go, but like it's a pricing play and in high scoring games, like over time, it seems like some of these defenses get there. Uh, another defense I'd consider is, I, I, people like the Panthers versus Washington. I kind of like Washington, the other side of Washington, for whatever reason. I don't know what the situation is with McLaurin right now. Yeah, Browns versus Cleve, Browns versus Detroit. You like DeAndre Swift. So, like, do you really want to play Browns D? Obviously, in your player pool, you're playing 150. You definitely could. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go uh, – I'll go, I'll go Jets versus Miami down at 2-3. I think not like the ceiling's crazy, like they're the Jets, but – I don't know. I, I talked about Tua, so that's kind of definitely. I don't know. Maybe well, no, I should you, you can play the, multiple. Where, like where, where, where do you want to go with points yeah, that I want to elaborate on? Because we, you know, we not, most people don't spend any time on this position. I kind of love that we do. I I love. I spend a lot of time on D. I, not like a ton of time, but I feel like it, it, I just think it's interesting relative to construction. Like if you're trying to figure out the optimal, and you kind of x the chalk defense and just find plays that can leverage certain situations, I think you can get a big edge. Look at Kareem Hunchock four weeks ago. Like if you played Arizona D, I had like 80% Arizona D when people had 80% Kareem Hunt in terms of tournament, like just in their player pool. Uh, yeah, so it can work out if you kind of get it correct. Uh, who are you looking at in terms of defense? Yeah, I've got a few. I was just going to add a couple quick points. I think you mentioned a, a key one there is just that, it, you know, look, we're not trying to spend the world on this position. We know it's highly variable. We know that we, we wish like everybody else that it would get changed to a, a flex or a super flex and we could stack up some more good plays and build some more optimal lineups that way. But it's part of the game. It's there. And so I think it's worth spending some time to get three or four or five, maybe a core set, and then just let some others fall in around it because we've seen where a team gets 25. Dallas D last week what was it, 23 and just breaks the slate. 
Well, you kind of have to have them at that point. But if you had just 10% of a lot of defenses or 15 of enough, that that's how you get on them. And then people wonder, well, how did they get on that? I just space it out. But I think one of the big points you brought up, so this Carolina-Washington game is very interesting to me, tying together everything we've talked about on the show, is that like what happens is by the end of the week, everyone's on, you know, it's everyone's against Taylor Heineke. He's down McLaurin. Gibson hasn't looked good. The foot injury he's had that he's been playing through all these factors, just making stuff up what people will end up saying. But that's just complete narrative. It's all it is. And I love a good narrative more than most. But what I'm saying is it could very easily be my point originally about the coaching staff knowing Cam Newton and knowing CMC and being able to shut these guys down. All of a sudden, everyone's on one side. You get on the other side. Everyone's on Carolina. You get on Washington, and it flips the slate because you're on the opposite defense. And the narrative could have just as easily been built that way, but it wasn't. And so the op- so that's where your opportunity lies. And I think another point you mentioned that I want to talk about because you brought it up twice, one with the defense you like, but you like Tua, and then with the Browns, but I like Swift. I think that's sort of the key. If I've only got 15 or 20% DeAndre Swift, there's no problem having 10% or 12% of that Browns D. You're not really killing yourself overall. And again, the Browns D will probably end up in lineups where I'm playing a different game script in that game. Look, Chubb is off the list this week. Hunt is still out. Chubb could come in and have a big game against Detroit. They've got run all over. So maybe when I, I set up a rule that when I play Browns D, I only have one running back per team per game. So I don't have DeAndre Swift in the same lineup. Now you could, that's two teams that just run it all day. But I'm just saying in those builds to be different, I'm going against my shares of DeAndre Swift. But I'm also making sure when I use the Browns D, it's that Chubb probably came out and smashed. And then the Browns D took over. Uh, other guys I like there, Texans, Stone Minimum versus the Titans, if you need yeah. the money. But if you have the money, I think you can pay up. I think the 49ers going against Trevor Lawrence. We kind of talked a little bit about this before the show, being that it's Thursday night recording. JT Hayes is at the game. But the Patriots have been very good with Mac Jones, being able to coast him in, to make him efficient, to find things, make them easier for the first-year quarterback. The Jags don't really care. <laughs> Trevor Polar Lawrence. opposite the Jags. Yeah, you're number one. Polar Go opposite. to work, buddy. Whatever happens, happens. Well, he's throwing a lot of picks. He's turning the ball over. So I think that's a spot where it's not that much. You could pay up. And the 49ers just crushed these Rams, too, by the way, which is a team that people had going to the Super Bowl once they added Von Miller and Odell Beckham. I know the Woods injury, very unfortunate, happened, but it didn't change much of people's thoughts on the Rams, and the 49ers just destroyed them. That's a really good football team, you'd think. And then the Browns, you mentioned already, just another pay-up option we already talked about. So that's kind of where I'm at as of now. Anything else you want to add on those thoughts or at the defense position in general? Yeah, I just think people should spend more time on defense. I know that's a wider range of outcomes, and that's the excuse not to, but you pick your four or five, like you said, and you'd be thoughtful about how you play them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, not spending all week on it. I know why people don't at all, but I'm spending enough time to get my three, four, five picked out. Then I'm just setting the exposure cap so that I don't have too much of them, and I'm almost always leaving whatever ends up being the top defense, even if I talked about it today in a way that I thought I could like it, I got no problem Xing that out come Sunday. And it's not to give false information. It's we don't know the ownership right now. If you want that, talked about it plenty in the past. Come see myself, JT Hayes, on Sunday mornings at Run Pure Sports. It's a free show. You can go over there, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network right now for this show, and then go over to Run Pure Sports, subscribe there, and tune in starting Sunday morning at 8.45 Eastern, bright and early. Get your coffee, but it's myself, 
JT Hayes and also AP followed up by another free show, The Morning Wood with Big T, Hoop, who everybody knows just absolute crusher and Holden hosting the show. And then one more of myself and Bobby Gomes, you can grab us on Friday night. So if you're listening to this Friday morning on your drive into work, whatever, we appreciate you. But Friday evening, we do a show with Holden hosting as well. The weekend news dump free over at Run Pure Sports YouTube channel. Get the news, how we're applying it to the daily fantasy sites and split slates in general. So that's all for me. Bobby Gomes, let the people know where they can find you. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, same thing. Run Pure Sports. We do the Millie Roundtable uh, Saturday night. Me, Draft Sheet, Snyder. Tune in. It's a good show and get you ready basically to get all, consume all our content on Sunday. So uh, definitely a good show to check out. And yeah, news dump tomorrow. Me, Tambo, and Holden. Check that out as well. Yeah, Twitter. What do you got for a Twitter handle again? I always forget it. Bobby Gomes DFS. Bobby yeah. Gomes DFS. Get him, get him a follow. Follow him. Lots of good stuff going on. You got your Millie show that you do, the Saturday Millie show with Rump Pure Sports. Lots of content. You're always hopping in. We appreciate you stepping in. I know JT Hayes definitely does as well. Well, he enjoys the game. So thank you to Bobby this week. Thank you to everybody for watching. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. And then, of course, Run Pure Sports. If you want to get signed up and see everything behind the scenes over at Run Pure Sports, go to runpuresports.com. Use promo code RPSHEATER25. Get yourself 25% off your first payment. That's all for me. That's all for Bobby for this week. To everybody out there, thank you guys and good luck.